0: The first day was, like, really overwhelming.
1: Excitement.
0: can't remember.
1: (laughs) It was amazing. I loved it.
0: A new life was waiting for me, basically.
1: Mostly frantic.
0: Anxiety-inducing. It was
1: torturous.
2: Oh, it was a mess. Like, it was was such a disaster. I
0: haven't even started paying off my student loans.
1: Don't know if you're going to be able to eat next semester. You're
0: at the mercy of other people. Sorry, I'm just so jaded and cynical.
2: Well, one day you think you can conquer the world, and the other days you're not worth it. This
0: is Just As It Sounds, featuring academics telling their stories just as they sound. Welcome to Just As It Sounds, where we discuss the everyday life experiences of graduate students. I'm Erin.
2: This is Bishra.
0: So in today's episode, we're going to take a look at parenting in the academic world.
2: Yeah, exactly. We know that parenting is very difficult and demanding, and so is getting a PhD. We wanted to talk to a parent and ask them about their experiences of raising a child while getting their PhDs.
0: You know, Nilu and I have talked about having kids, but we're both working on finishing our PhDs and just can't imagine balancing both right now.
2: Yeah, the same here. It feels like grad school has forced me to postpone everything until I graduate, mostly because of the financial instability. So I really envy people who are not waiting. We wanted to know how parents manage doing both at the same time in light of the limited support or resources available. To help us understand, Nilu, I talked to Sandra Portacarero, a PhD student who recently became a mother.
0: Sandra is a PhD student in sociology at Columbia University. She studies diversity, equity and inclusion management. Sandra generously shared her experience and views about being a parent and a graduate student. Here's Sandra and Niloufer chatting about motherhood in academia.
1: Uh, one of the like no main reasons why we wanted to of course not like, have you over it was because like you, know, you are a mom and you are a PhD and I don't know the order of those things so were you, like, you know, first, like, you know, a mom before, like, becoming a PhD or, yeah, what was, like, you know, the order of things?
3: So, no, my daughter is 18 months. So she was born um, about a, around a year and a half ago. Um, I became a mother right after defending my dissertation proposal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, no, I did not start the PhD program with a child. She's my first child.
1: Okay, so then probably you have a lot of things like you not know, to tell us about right? I mean, the lo- your PhD life before being a mom and after being a mom, right? Mm-hmm. How was it like for you? Um, mm-hmm. Can you make some um, comparisons?
3: Yeah, so, well, well, when I was pregnant, I was spending some time um, at Harvard um, visiting for a year as a doctoral student in the sociology department. And I remember that even just being pregnant, I could already feel the changes. I was very tired. Um, I was very sick the whole time. And I didn't. I, I couldn't um, get involved as much as I wanted to with all the activities that I used to get involved before um, being pregnant of being a mother. Um, I remember that, you know, mothers talk a lot about guilt and this is very true. I remember I started feeling guilt for all the things that I was missing out while I was, um, pregnant, um, because I, I just wasn't, you know, at my hundred percent, um, later on, you realize it's not that you're not at your hundred percent. You're just a different person, right? Uh, when you become mother, you, you so many things change in your identity and in your everyday life. So it's, it's not a good exercise to compare, um, your life before and after motherhood. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was very lucky because my, my committee is very supportive of motherhood. Um, my people in my department, one of my best friends in my department, Anna, who's also a grad student, she organized a a baby shower and and people send me a a gift and you know those little things matter because it Mm -hmm. makes you feel that you know that you kind of belong and that what you you know becoming a mom is something to be happy about and that I shouldn't be you know um Mm -hmm. too scared so yeah that that was my so it was a positive experience um in terms of like the reception of my new um my new life and the new me
1: uh you mentioned that you were feeling uh guilt uh Mm -hmm. because you were missing out things right
2: Mm -hmm. um
1: so i would like to talk more about that part if you are okay with it yeah um do you think that that guilt was in a way inserted in you as like it is in other Mm -hmm. people because of the pressure that we are facing in academia or like not the level of competition academia
3: um you know I think that um rather than thinking about of before after motherhood guilt I and now I think about before COVID and now with COVID I think it's it has changed everything in in me I I um when I became a mother I became much more organized much more um focused. I knew that, um, you know, the little time that I had to work on my pro- on my research projects, on my dissertation, that I had to work on them. Um, you know, I had some help with childcare and, um, and those those ta- hours that I paid for childcare and which is very expensive by the way, you know, um, um, I I was just working and I was very proud of myself because I was handling everything. Um, and putting my daughter first, um, as, as always, because for me, my daughter is more important than, than any research project. But then COVID happened. And then everything went to hell. Um, and, um, you know, we just don't know when when we're going to be able to access childcare. I personally don't want to put my daughter um, at any risk. Mm-hmm. And I started becoming more vocal about the experiences of of mothers in graduate school, um, precisely because of this guilt that I mentioned, because I will find myself um, thinking, oh my goodness, I am not up to date. I am not writing as much as I should be writing. Um, I am very competitive with myself. So I, I, I will just feel this constant, um, you know, this constant um, kind of like disappointment with myself as a, as a scholar. Mm-hmm. And then so I started becoming more vocal about it and asking for questions on Twitter in this site, Mamadinia. And, you know, Twitter has become like my new way of interacting with people since I cannot meet people in person anymore. And then I found out that indeed. <laughs> A lot of people, a lot of mothers in academia, a lot of graduate student mothers, a lot of non-tenured professors are feeling guilt because um, we just don't have the support that we should be given um, in 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 um, in our in the institutions that we are affiliated to. Mm-hmm. When I talk about support, I, I am I'm I'm referring to structural support, not just the support of people, right? So it's very different to talk about the support of my committee who, to me, they are very supportive people and I am grateful to to them. And they're also very good people in general, not just great scholars, but then there's a university, right? So um, funding, for example, when you become a mother in grad school, In my program, in my university, you get an extra semester to finish grad school, but you don't don't get an extra semester of funding. Um, So you get time, but you don't get resources, right? Um, The institutional policy is that if you're a father or a mother, you receive $2,000 a year to help with childcare costs. And just to give you an idea in New York City, uh, where my university is located, the average cost of childcare for a toddler or an infant, it's about twenty-three hundred um, uh, a month. <laughs> so you get two thousand dollars a year, right? Um, because of COVID, uh, my university has doubled that amount. So now I get four thousand dollars a year um, for one year, but it's still not enough, right? So. I think it's very important to talk about. Um, I, I don't think that someone out there or institutions out there had planted that guilt in me. I think the guilt is a result of the lack of organizational support and institutional support for graduate student mothers in academia. A lot of grads, uh, a lot of universities right now, and sociology departments are stopping admissions. Um, to support the current grad students. Admissions at at my program have stopped for one year. Um, And while I am getting, again, the support of people, like the emotional support and the the, um, intellectual support of my committee and and advisors, I haven't been extended a year of funding, you know? And, And this whole year during the pandemic, um, my career has definitely, you know, I am definitely not as productive as I should be, which, you know, if, if we talk about structural inequalities, we know that one thing leads to the other. Right. Mm-hmm. So one one year of less support, less work um, will translate into me not being as competitive when I go into the job mar- market, when I go on the job market and then the job market has, it's really bad right now because a lot of universities are just don't know what what the, the economic impact of the pandemic is going to be. So, you know, it's just like a s- cycle in which, where am I going to go next and what should I do? And, and, um, And, you know, because there's not one person I can blame, a lot of times, there's not one person mothers can blame, right? A lot of times we blame ourselves and we feel guilt because we're like, shit, we should be more more, um, productive and should be working harder. What can we do to change our situation when, in fact, it's not our fault? You know, we're just part of a system that is not constructed for us and it's not
1: meant for us. Let's mm-hmm. talk about like you no know, being a PhD mom, right? I mean, before COVID times, and mm-hmm. like you no, know, you said a couple of things about like you no know, how actually uh, like less these institutions support like you no know, moms uh,
2: mm-hmm. or
1: parent parent like you no know, PhDs, mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: but then like you no, know, in what way did you, for instance, did your schedule? Uh, you mm-hmm. started to observe your schedule changing as you like you no know, became a mom. Mm-hmm. um and in what way your relations in your cohort or in your program right mm-hmm. uh started to change also again before COVID, and then we will come you know mm-hmm. we'll go back okay. yeah.
3: hmm. that's a great question let I me mean, it feels so long ago you
1: know right
3: yeah the world seems like just another life to be honest um well i think before becoming a mom i i was just very um you know I will wake up and maybe do some exercise and go to a cafe and you know or stay home and work or go to the library and then get very preoccupied about me not finding the right theory and blah 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 you know which looking back now um it just seems so I mean it's When i became a mother i had no time to think about those things you know Mm -hmm. when i became a mom i just became um you know very like i said very organized um one thing that i that was pretty sad to me was that um um not a lot of the i mean being a parent you need time to plan your days being the parent of an infant right a new mom so for example um i will get invitations to like last minute happy hours or um last minute uh, meetings or you know or not get invited to certain meetings by certain people because i became a mom right and um and um you know it, it, it also makes you feel like okay like, okay, yeah, this is not made for for people like me. This is not, you know, the, the whole structure is not, the whole socialization, right? It's not made for, for people with children. Um, I think, I mean, if, if I'm thinking about the negative, um, because I do think it's negative because it had negative effects on me, those are the things I thought of, uh, I can think of. Um, I think that, you know, I, so one thing that I, I, I talked to my, my my best friends in grad school and my colleagues is that when I became a mom I realized how much free work I did for the university so before I was a mom I was I co chaired the graduate students graduate students of color Alliance at Columbia University I um, you know served in panels etc when I became a mom you know, doing service work meant paying a nanny um, for an hour so I could do service work. And um, that was just impossible, you know? And um, so I I actually realized how much free labor I I had (laughs) done for the university, how much diversity work, um, uh, DEI work, um, diversity and inclusion work. Um, And then I stopped doing that, you know? And that, and, and unfortunately those things count when you when you are looking for a job, right? But if you can't have those extracurriculars in your CV, because you're taking care of a child, you know, there's no line on your CV to explain, by the way, I don't have all these amazing extracurriculars because I was taking
1: care of my child. So, um, yeah. As far as I understood, like, you know, there were some challenging moments at different levels, right? Uh, and like, you know, what were the impacts of those like no challenging moments like you know on your mental health physical health you know or in your emotional universe and world
3: yeah um I mean sometimes it just seems like it's like the given the way that the world is right now like challenges are never gonna end I think this year has been particularly hard for everyone um and um Um, I do think I do. And, you know, I hope I don't sound like an angry mom, but I did read um, a couple of tweets where some grad students were like, I've never had so much time in my hands. You know, I I have, with COVID, I just, I'm just (laughs) home writing with my parents and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I more than a, more than a boundary of, you know, mother's vis-a-vis non-mothers. I think mm-hmm. it's also a class thing. Um, I'm part of a first generation and working class sociologist group. And um, I, I know that maybe 90% of us with or without children, the COVID pandemic has impacted us in a very negative way. Uh, many of us are sending money to our parents, dealing with vets uh, because of the, the demograph- our demographics, right? Um, and, um, it's been very emotionally taxing for, for people where, for people with, 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 yeah, with supportive networks and with a support, you know, with a strong support network, they're not experiencing, um, this, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah we're all in the same, we're not all in the same boat, you know? So, um, and even today, I was talking to one of my mentors from Berkeley, where, where I did my undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was telling her how, um, even within the experiences of mothers, there are differences. So, um, you know, I've, I, there was a, there, there was another student mother, she finished already, but she was in my program and, um, you know, she had a full-time nanny, I think, or, or, or and her, her husband had a pretty good job. So, I remember one time a professor told me, you know, but she did it, so, so can you. And I'm like, don't compare because I don't have the resources, the networks or the money to pay like, you know, a full-time nanny, mm-hmm. like such and such. So um, again, going back to the class differences, I think that the that not all experiences are the same because of the networks and the support, so.
1: Yeah, of course not in addition to class maybe we can talk about you know gender the role of gender also uh, <laughs> so like you know um, you're a parent you're a woman uh, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you had like you know some friends like you know who are PhD like you no know, dads mm-hmm. uh, do you think that like you no know, um, Is there some gendered gender differences and then like, you know, in having this experience differences?
3: Mm -hmm. I think there are gender differences for people without children. I mean, there's research backing this up. And I think those differences get even stronger and, you know, whenever you become a mother, Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure there are exceptions and that there are, you know, single fathers or, um, Fathers who are present the whole time, but I mean, look at the new work that Jessica Calarco is conducting, right? And and, and or the work of like many people doing research on how much much more work mothers do vis-a-vis fathers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the main the the main um, difference was between me and my peers who are parent fathers is that, you know, the changes were not just. Um, Routine routine changes. There's also biological. Um, I gave birth, and the whole the whole the whole experience of being pregnant and then giving birth and having a huge change in your hormones. It's out of this world. Something that a man will never experience. So there's no competition in that. There's just they don't have to go through that. I breastfeed my child. My daughter um, depends a lot of, of on my breast milk, mm-hmm. and breastfeeding. You know, I, I I always say breastfeeding is a martial art. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sociology is not a combat sport or my shots. Breastfeeding is a combat sport. <laughs> um it's intense, you know. My daughter needs my my milk. And um, you know, I know that a lot of uh, men are waking up at, at at 5 a.m., for example, who are parents to work, and I think um, and, and that so that they can wake up before their children. I think that's admirable and I I'm happy for them. If I leave my daughter at 5am, my daughter is a night feeder and she, from four to six, she needs me right next to her. So I cannot do that. So, and then I wake up, you know, dehydrated because I've given a lot of meal during the night and tired. So, um, I don't think we can compare, really. I think that, you know, not talking about, I actually, and probably you saw this, I tweeted something and I put, you know, I hate it when men start start all lives mattering, the experiences of mothers and fathers, you know, in academia or experiences of mothers and fathers in general. I mean, clearly those people don't know much about the patriarchy and structural inequalities, right? So, um, yeah. That those are my two cents.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, yeah, and even like you no, know, sometimes again, my observation is like you no, know, for men, being a dad can be like an element of pride, and you know, <laughs> so, sort of you know, hey, like you no, know, this is the next generation that I produce, <laughs> and you know, it's kind of you know, upward mobility in their career also, right? Mm-hmm. But like you no, know, for a woman, the, the for a woman, the implications are way different. Right.
3: Yes. Yes. you know, a very quick exercise. Mm-hmm. Look at the Twitter profile pictures of assistant professors and professors, assistant professors and grad students in academia. You know, people in academia with children. Men have more pictures with their children because they're very proud of it yeah. than women with mm-hmm. their children. Mm-hmm. And I've made a list because I'm 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 an ethnographer, so I observe. you know it has nothing to do with with them you know it's 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 the whole society that like wow making you a you know you a man becoming a father it's it's a positive trait like you Mm -hmm. mentioned right like Mm -hmm. something positive you make makes you more caring kinder Mm -hmm. but a woman becoming a mother might be inconvenient for many people yeah and i've noticed that not a lot of women have pictures with their child in fact i put a picture with my child one time and i changed it after three hours because i was like oh my gosh you know, I read Lauren Rivera's ASR paper on the two-body problem. And in the in the in the in her ASR paper, she talks about hiring committees and how hiring committees are looking at your social media and Googling you, et cetera. Even wedding registries. It's a great ASR article. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh God, what if someone finds me, you know, a Latina first gen mother with a child? How are they gonna evaluate me when I go in the job market? You know?
1: Before wrapping things up, uh, I would like to ask you some like, you no know, more actual like maybe advices or solutions, right? Um, what the universities do you think can do, can offer to moms? Mm-hmm. One of the examples can be for instance, like, you know, maybe a free childcare service, right? And what are, you know, this, you know, solutions that uh, universities could produce for uh, parents, pa- PhD parents?
3: For parents during COVID, I think the first thing that universities can do is extend a year of funding. I think it's crucial. I think that um, a lot of universities that have faculty, tenure-track faculty, they are extending the clock, you know, and that that clock is paid, I I will imagine. Um, You know, so definitely just extending funding for a year, it's, you know, one thing. Um, I get a lot of emails from different universities because I am affiliated to different, different schools, um, you know, about support groups, this and that, like the last thing I need right now is one more zoom meeting, you know, um, I need time to write and I need support. I think the, the, the issue of childcare is not just a crisis in the university. It's a crisis in the United States, you know, um, I mean, there's a lot of research that shows that childcare in this country is just really bad, you know? Uh, for a lot of us that are immigrants, right, um, that don't have a lot of family in this, in this country, it's, it's really tough because we don't count on that um, informal support or whatever, you know? So um, I have no idea how university school f- fix that. What I do know is that, you know, giving $2,000 a year. It's just not enough for um, mm-hmm. for any parent to to for childcare. It definitely helps, but it's not enough. Yeah, sure. um, I really, you know, I really just, I really hope that whenever I'm a professor, um, I ha- I actually have been thinking about this a lot um, lately. That you know, whenever I'm a professor, I can do whatever I can to to support graduate student mothers. Um, in their programs and to, you know, give them the, the toolkits they need to, mm-hmm. to make it in a system that is not designed for us. I don't think it's purposely designed against us, but we're just not the male worker, you know? I don't know who writes about the male worker. I, it's, I can't, I just read about this like not long ago, like this week. But we're just not the prototypical male worker or prototypical male grad student that, you know, the prototypical white male grad student that universities are built for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that whenever I become a professor, I can just fight against that and, and prepare my students to, to succeed in this, in, this, um, in this world, in this academic world, so. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if you want to share the tips that help you, <laughs> uh like you know uh would you like to share some of the things that can be helpful for others also like on you know, that really made your life easy uh mm-hmm. to both like you know, pursue your academic career and um being a mom mm-hmm. uh,
3: what has helped me during this pandemic asking for help has totally helped me there's a lot of people out there who are willing to help um and asking for help has totally like it's it's been it's changed my life. I used to be the person that, because I was, I grew up in a family in which I took care of everyone and everything. Um, Now, when I became a mom, I just learned how to ask for help. So for example, um, and I think I put some tips too on my Twitter, like, uh, you know, asking professors if they could be one-time friendly reviewers. You know, mothers are exhausted. What we write sometimes will not make sense just having a compassionate and smart pair of eyes read through what you write can make all the difference in the world. And this was the case for me for two big fellowship applications that I put together. You know, I reach out to people, hey, can you just help me one time? And, you know, I had two professors, three professors do that. So that made all the difference. Um, Joining communities where you're not going to be judged. Uh, In my case, the first gen and working class community through ASA um which is not just for first general people, it's also for working class people, by the way. So if anyone wants to join shoot me <laughs> a message on Twitter or an email, um, it's a fantastic community. You know, I've met professors and grad students through there where we can talk about our experiences without being judged. And it's a safe space, you know, and and uh, when we can where we can talk about the challenges in academia um, without being judged, then you know, I sometimes, put things out there. Like the last, the latest post I wrote was, how do you deal? How do you pick yourself up? How do you cheer yourself up when you're going through this never ending guilt of I'm never going to be up to date with everything. And people can, you know, in community, you can find answers. And um, I've had posts and direct messages where people thank me for this post because we're all obsessed with portraying these positive, positive images of ourselves when we're just humans, you know? It's like, there's no Messiah around us. We are just all humans, you know? And sometimes other humans have the answers. You don't have all the answers. And, um, um, you know, making, um, making com- having, building a community, right? You mentioned something earlier that I really liked about being judged as a mom. Um, but you mentioned it within the academic context. Um, Moms judge moms a lot outside of academia too. And I think one thing that helped me a lot, you know, you're gonna be judged from like, you're you're not breastfeeding your child enough, to breastfeeding your child too much. You're working too much on your projects and not playing with your child enough, whatever. Boundaries, you know, all those people that told me one negative or two negative things at the beginning of my motherhood journey I just have strong boundaries with them and um and and I've replaced them with supportive people even if I'm not super close to them that I know that whenever I'm tired or whenever I feel like I'm like guilt the mom guilt right um, academic mom has this thing on her Twitter that says, why feel mom guilt or writing guilt when you can feel both? <laughs> you know, It's kind of funny, but it's like, you know, just knowing that there's people out there that are not going to judge you and that, that feel the same way as you makes you feel less lonely. And I think that's what many of us in many humans want, right? To feel less lonely. So
1: yeah, those are my two cents. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, and also Sandra, last thing, I know that you mentioned that like you no know, you are part of like you know, certain like you no know, groups. And if you would like us to publicize, right? I mean, uh, any groups that you are part of or anything about yourself, we would love to do that. Um, but you have to, of course, you know, elaborate on that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: So with first gen working class. Uh, group through the American Sociological Association, Um, the chair of the group is Vinnie Rossigno, who is an amazing ally to first-gen and working-class students. I highly recommend that to to people. Um, There's a woman, Margaret, who is um, getting her postdoc at Wharton. She started this amazing group called the 100 Days of Writing Group. she is just a force of nature and i joined her writing group and it's amazing i love it i participate a lot um it's basically you have scheduled sessions but also pop-up sessions um it gives me structure uh there's a channel called writing with kids which honestly i i don't really use i I just use the co-writing channel um and then there's mama in 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 Twitter that I really like, and then uh, mothers in science as well. Oh, and one last thing that I received a very nice letter and check today from the Academic Mama Foundation. It's a foundation that a professor, um, Cindy, she has she has founded asking people money to help mothers in grad school. So what I said was, you know, universities are failing moms, but mothers have each other, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's funny that I received it right before preparing for this podcast because there, like I said, there are people out there who want to take care of us and who want to support us. Um, we just have to find we fast find them. So yeah, those are the I think the four the four groups that I recommend.
2: Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at sounds underscore just. And for more information about Sandra and all of our other guests, check our website, justasitsounds.com.
0: Happy holidays. Bye. Thank you for listening to Just As It Sounds. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have any questions or ideas for the show, please email us at contactjustasitsounds at gmail.com.